0: Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Austin, and this week's episode, I get to touch base with Damian over at the Concealed Journey. I haven't uh, been able to connect with him since uh, probably back in I want to say June, um, w- at which point uh, those guys had just gotten uh, class time scheduled with the folks from Warrior Poet Society. So I thought it'd be a really cool opportunity to connect with him, uh, kind of compare some notes, sort of say. Uh, with his class experience versus mine, <clears throat> um, takeaways, experiences, uh, you know, share some stories and just talk about, I uh, mean, the rationale behind why it's important to take classes like that. Um, you know, how to, uh, properly prepare for, for classes like that. Just look at the, the whole concept. Cause you know, in today's day and age, I think the in-person training thing kind of gets, gets a lot of heat uh in, in some circles as opposed to self-teaching and stuff now that you know the internet is the great resource that it is um so we get together we catch up we we compare notes we, we talk about our uh, individual experiences and and see some overlaps and some differences and, and things like that so Really, really looking forward to the conversation with Damien. Before I jump on over to the recording, though, as always, want to make sure that we say thank you to our wonderful, wonderful sponsors here at the Prepared Mindset. Uh, First, SlimFitHolsters.com. Just recently started working with SlimFit a couple weeks ago, and coming up aces in our book. We've had awesome, awesome uh experience so far with their products and if you guys are looking for additional information on that you can head over to their website slimfitholsters.com and then you can also check out our instagram page at prepared underscore uh underscore mindset underscore pod uh, i do have video reviews up there of some of their holsters uh the gladius which is their uh so sort of speak a appendix rig you know where the holster and the magazine carrier are attached to the middle outstanding holster both sam and i run those really really happy with the the quality the retention uh and, and the options right you can you know you can customize to fit whatever needs you have uh you know for color restrictions and things like that they fit a wide variety of molds uh they can accommodate weapon lights they can accommodate optics threaded barrels i mean it, the sky's the limit really um hey maybe you're not into the whole appendix rig thing but maybe you want an appendix carry holster they're guard ultra really really good option actually uh just you know just did a review on that that's what lexi carries with uh and i think a superior design to some of the other offerings that's on the market right now for a couple of different reasons i recommend you go over our instagram check that video out we talk about the guard ultra and the magazine carrier even if you don't want them carry appendix you can check out the guard carry at three o'clock four o'clock five o'clock with one of their magazine carriers it's a great great option um they're one of the very few holster companies out there that I've been able to come across that actually will accommodate uh, like a, a Smith and Wesson J-frame revolver. So if you're looking for a Kydex holster for concealed carry, uh, <laughs> SlimFitHolsters.com, and they hooked us up with our discount code prepared 10. It's gonna save you 10% off and on top of that they throw in free shipping with that code. So whether you're looking for a concealed carry holster, any of the options that I mentioned are great if you're looking for something uh outside the waistband. They got the DDL, right? A drop leg setup that works with like the Safari Land forks that you're seeing that's so freaking popular now uh, with the drop leg platforms on battle belts. And they just released their new outside the waistband model the victoris which if you want to run that on just a regular concealed carry belt but maybe you're carrying overtly maybe you're waiting on your cpl to come through maybe you don't you don't find in the waistband to be particularly comfortable it's a great option uh with adjustable uh angles and things like that so you want to rock it straight up and down you, you know you like the fbi can't your are high speed like that whatever you want uh it, they got it taken care of the dump trays they also offer core belts i just hooked my dad up with a new belt for uh his birthday today is still uh october 5th so happy birthday to my father uh if he's listening And, uh, yeah, Slim Fit Holsters cannot recommend those guys enough. They do fantastic work. Again, a discount code is PREPARED10. It's going to save you 10% off and it's going to hook you guys up with free shipping. Go check out their newly remodeled website, slimfitholsters.com. Secondly, mymedic.com. Mymedic just wrapped September, the National Preparedness Month campaign that they launched every week. They had large discounts on on a couple different items, 20% off. Uh, Really, really great deals, but the good news is you can still save 20% off if you use our code mindset 20 at the website If you're looking for an EDC kit, they just hooked me up with the EDC medic I've been carrying that with me daily even uh, around the house a little bit I have it on the belt really really great essentials kit to have with you. They're my they their flagship product is outstanding for you know two to three people and they have tons of options to step it up from there they got stuff for just your dog right you're out doing all kinds of active stuff with your dog whether it's you know uh hiking uh you're you're taking the dog with you when you're off-roading whatever it is the pet medic isn't awesome awesome companion when you have your furry companion with you out there in the great outdoors doing all kinds of interesting things they have the auto medic that's built to be specifically kept in your car right they have a they have a boat medic for those of us here in michigan that that are spending our, our free time out on the water we still probably got maybe like a week tops probably not uh of of weather that you can still get the boat out and uh that's that's a huge hit with people up here in michigan like I said, they hooked us up. Our our discount code is Mindset20. You head over to mymedic.com. You can check out all of their kits. Or if you have a kit from another company and you're just looking to pick up some stuff to fill in some gaps, maybe to duplicate, you know, you, you got a chest rig and you got a plate carrier and you got a battle belt. So you need some extra tourniquets, need some extra compression gauze. You need some quick clot, whatever it is. You can pick up your supply items from them as well our code mindset 20 will still save you 20% off. And you can also, if you so choose, go through our offers page on our Facebook, uh, the prepared mindset podcast on Facebook, go to our offers page, use our affiliate link, and it's going to send just a little piece of whatever you guys spend with my medic back over to the team here at the, the prepared mindset to help us keep doing what we do. One more time, mymedic.com So without any further ado, folks, i'm gonna jump on over to my interview my my catching up here with damien from the concealed journey
1: what's up brother it's Hello. been a while it's been yeah how, a couple months now since we spoke last
0: uh i want to say it was like june yeah yeah, yeah, so a like, couple yeah months, it's been a, hot a second. few months yeah to say the least i know you guys have been like super busy uh with stuff over over your way and everything right
1: yeah yeah super busy uh lots of shooting um we had some training from warrior Poets society at the end of july we've got uh stop the bleed and combat trauma coming up here in like two weeks too so it's it's been great it's been a wonderful summer though. i took a little vacation as well with my girlfriend so uh, nice. i haven't been i haven't been idle
0: no good man i mean i um same i, I actually went to my first class uh at yes the of i do August. want to talk about that um, and then, um, I also took a vacation, but that was, you know, purely R and R and stuff. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Man, I mean, I mean, the summer's kind of winding down, but, uh, it's definitely been an eventful one. I mean, to say the least. Um,
1: yeah.
0: but I mean, I, I'm excited to, to touch base and, um, to know last time we talked, you guys had like just scheduled that session with warrior poet society and you were like all hyped up about it. Um, and it looks yep. like, you know, from everything that's on social media, it looks like it went you know, really freaking well.
1: It went really well. And we actually, excuse me, sorry for my hoarseness, I was at a, went to a concert this last weekend and got a little rowdy. kids
0: with your rock music.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. air pollution, how dare you. Uh, So I apologize for my hoarseness, but um, we actually still haven't even gotten all of the video back from the Warrior Poets Society, so... Uh, a really, really awesome guy. He's a videographer, uh, local to our area. He actually runs a fishing channel on YouTube called Rippin' Lips Adventures. Uh, his name's Randy. He's a sweetheart of a man, and he's absolutely—he's—he's uh, he's just a smith with with a video camera and editing and um, you know a, a wizard of, of sorts, if you will. And he filmed—he <laughs> filmed like everything both days. That's
0: what I was and gonna I mean, ask. Like, did you guys just take turns running around with the with the cell phone, or because it looked good,
1: you know? Yeah. I mean,
0: and a lot of times you see some some of these range videos, and it's like, did you guys run the Sasquatch out there? or What happened? You know, <laughs> you know it, was, it looked. Good, <laughs> yeah.
1: But. Yeah, it, that's uh, that was like a couple of clips that we got off of, like my iPhone, um, that I, I just I just asked Randy, hey, will you just record this next, just me running this drill, this next rep on my Mm -hmm. phone just so we could have something to kind of get out in the meantime. But he had like a DLSR DSLR camera and he had drone footage going GoPros that we wore as well. And he's compiling all of that. And it's, it's been a huge project, huge undertaking. And I mean, he's, he's a teacher as his real job. And then he runs his fishing channel as well. And then he's trying to, you know, edit and produce this two days worth of warrior poet society. So, um, you know, we're just we're just glad that he that he wanted to be a part of it. So whenever we get a hold of that, it's, it's on his time and we got we got no rush for it. But I, he he did uh, he did the filming for our Carbine Novice class. And that that turned out so well. I mean, it was like an actual like a production piece that he put together for a four or five hour class that we had. It was fantastic. I can't imagine what it's like to sift through literally 20 yeah, hours of film all that,
0: of all that footage and stuff and I have to just like refine it and edit it back. And yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah, I'm with you. It's, 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 a, it's lot.
1: a huge undertaking. Yeah. It's a huge undertaking and, uh, bless his heart for just wanting to be a part of what we're doing as the concealed journey and then bringing his craft to that as well. And, uh, that this, I, I keep bringing it up. It's, it's one thing that my brother and I, it, it, it seemed to be a really notable conversation that my brother and I had, this is probably a month ago now we were on our way down to our family farm which is where we shoot and we were talking about just just being able to appreciate people in their fields and crafts whatever it is you know i mean i'm not a mechanic i'm not an electrician thank god yeah. no i'm just kidding uh no uh, <laughs> or plumber whatever whatever your craft is you know what i mean teachers and like preschool teachers you know stuff like that whatever like I don't, I don't understand how my engine works. You know, I don't, I don't know like carburetors and glass and tubes. I I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea, but a mechanic that I could tell him with really minimal and coarse description, like, yeah, it kind of makes this sound and it does this every now and then he's like, Oh yeah. You know, that's your Barry. We'll get a fixed 250 bucks. Yeah. Whatever. You know, like having people in their fields and crafts, whatever it may be, it's, it's something that I really appreciate with, it's, it's just really cool to see other people work and flow in their art as well. And that's how it was with Randy, just watching him behind the camera like getting into things and getting out, running that drone. And it's, it's really cool to just see people in their art form in a way, you know, and I was yeah. telling Randy that, you know, just absolutely, just so appreciative of what Randy was doing for us at Warrior Post Study, capturing all of that. So, you know, it's a huge moment for us as the concealed journey to, have warrior poets society just in our presence you know just learn from them and uh get to meet them all that kind of stuff and then here's randy able to capture it so that we can play it back and play it back and and then it essentially becomes um immortal in a way you know as as long as the digital world exists
0: it's documented and and it's there to uh share that information with with people down the line, I mean, not that yeah. word of mouth is bad, but it's just, you know, we live in a, in the world of technology. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think it really just speaks to the overall, um, you know, to a community, right. And to your point, people of all, all different walks of life coming together for this common yeah. purpose, this common goal. I mean, I took class with, uh, I know one gentleman was, he's a law school professor. He goes, sure. you know, I just, this is something I want to do. And, um, I feel like I need to be you know, uh, competent with, with my, my firearms, if I'm going to, if I'm going to own them. Right. And, yeah. Um, and this is the, you know, the steps that we're going to take to do that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I was in, and, in that class, it was a super wide range of people I was in. Uh, you know, we had some guys that were, that served in the military and were actually deployed in Kosovo. You know, I, when I was sure. like, five or six or seven or something. I watched <laughs> yeah. that on the news as a kid. Right. right. Um, and then, uh, you know, guys like myself who had never taken a class before um, and then this law school professor had only been through like, like a carbine one course. Like he's very minimal, you know, knowledge sure. and skill and stuff. So, no, I think it speaks a lot to the community and I, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be on your guys' YouTube page, right?
1: Yeah, we're going to, we're going to break it down and just piece it out through YouTube. Uh, we'll, we'll have some other snippets that'll go up on Instagram as well. But I mean, obviously, we're a little bit more limited and restricted. Uh, just, you know, you can go on YouTube and you can watch 10 hours of like lo-fi music. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, yeah, there's, no, there's <laughs> no bandwidth limit on YouTube, but Instagram is a little bit more constricted on time. We found out through IG Lives, you can only do four hours, which is still a lot of time to sit and talk to one person. But yeah. if any of you are curious, if you're trying to do an IG Live, it, it kicks hours. you off at four hours. Yep, it does. It kicks you off in four hours. So we learned that. So yeah, we'll be piecing out the Warrior Poet Society stuff. And there are some things that we aren't going to release because um, I think the exclusivity that Warrior Poet Society offers um, is important right now. Uh, information should be free and that's that's not coming from warrior Post society they didn't ask us to not release anything but out of respect for them because
0: yeah yeah, they have their own uh streaming service where they share a lot of that content that they they charge (laughs) and i think it's i don't think it's enough honestly i think it's like 10 bucks a month which is yeah for the access you get i think you know if you look at some of your other subscription services like what netflix is up to like 16 bucks a month which, by the way, Netflix, not great selection anymore, if any
1: of you guys are listening, you need
0: to up your game. Um, you know, I mean, like, we pay for tons of subscription stuff, right? It's just the world we're in, yeah. again, because of technology. And I think the $10 they charge is, is completely beyond reasonable for Absolutely. the quality of the content, both from, like, a production standpoint, but just right. because those guys have a, a tremendous amount of knowledge. And if they don't they went out and got somebody who did cuz so i think uh, exactly. I forget the dude's name they have a guy who came who does all their like long range rifle stuff yeah. and he is that is his wheelhouse and i don't think you see him in anything else because that's that's what he does you know what i mean and that's right In, in my in my mind that's like the mark of smart people right you surround Absolutely. yourself with people that know more than you so um and actually to that point so yes. you guys brought in warrior poet society let's talk about like let's talk about the class, right? Like how did, sure. uh, was that like a, a two three day weekend thing? Um, and uh, let's like, let's just jump into it. Cause I, I'm interested to hear, you know, the, how, how they run the class and, um, sure. you know, how to go. Uh,
1: it, amazing. Uh, an, an event of a lifetime. It was also my first formal training experience. See, that's crazy. So. Do you
0: think any? Yeah. Do you think anything is going to compare to that going going forward? It's, it's like it's, a, you know, <laughs> know, it's, it's like you high. Not saying that there's yeah, not does. good trainers out there, but it does set no. the bar pretty high. Yeah.
1: Oh uh, uh, no, it's. I think it's a great point that you're addressing there. And until I take another class, I can't know. But obviously, there are other extremely fantastic and competent, qualified instructors out there that I'm interested in going to see. You know, I have a lot of idols coming into the gun world. I mean like the real thing that inspired me to get into guns was the old magpul dynamics videos with uh travis Travis haley absolutely man like that's kind of that's kind of what got myself and my brother uh my brother and me into guns in general it in the capacity that we are now i mean we grew up with you know a little 22 and we'd shoot gophers and coke cans and all that stuff on our farmland but really getting into gear and and like the application of firearms was magical dynamics. So I'd love to take one of Travis Haley's classes. Um, I don't know if Chris Costa is still doing things or or not, but seems like he's kind of just laying a little bit low, just enjoying life. Um, but whatever, I've got a lot of vitals. So I I still intend to go to more classes. Um, but otherwise warrior poet society was epic, right? I'll say that. (laughs) Um, of course for warrior poet society for the first day, um, I wore my Warrior Poets Society t-shirt and it was Represent. a Friday and Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was a Friday and Saturday event and it was, uh you know, eight to six, both days. And I showed up. Um, everybody had already gathered a little bit before I got there. I, I wasn't necessarily late, but, you know, this is a huge event. So people are like, we had 10 guys in the class and, you know, there's, there's already like four or five people like hurdled around Paul and his assistant instructor his name's Rocco Pete Rocco that's not his real last name but that's what he wanted us to call him so sure
0: fair enough
1: uh he runs 1024 productions out of um out of Florida uh I think he's in the Tampa or Fort Lauderdale area not quite sure I've got his business card in here anyway um (laughs) everybody's kind of hurtled around them you know and I get out of my car and it's just like holy crap warrior poet society's here you know and first thing Paul Parkerson says to me is one of us has to change shirts and it ain't going to be me because he was wearing the same exact yeah. one. It was a black shirt with the white crest. And he said, someone's got to change shirts and it ain't going to be me. And I was like, this is my only one, man. I'm sure you have like 100 more. This, this I got I to gotta represent this. And uh, yeah, and then went over there, met Rocco, met Paul, shook hands. And, you know, how, how class started, which which I really respect he was. Uh, A little bit of a gear shakedown, just kind of assessing everybody's gear. Now, the thing was, is this is a private event. So um, this is from how Paul described it. It's a little different than if you were to go to one of their like specific carbine classes or one of their specific pistol classes. This is a private event. And we hired Warrior Poets Society to come up and train us. And like if we wanted to just go camping or go fishing or work on cars with them. That's what they were well, there to do.
0: That's what it is, yeah.
1: Yeah. It was it was a private event. But I mean, obviously, like, you know, you don't you don't ask Warrior Poet Society to come to your location privately and not teach you like gun stuff or philosophy, you know, or ethos in a way. So that's obviously yeah. like I said, fields and crafts and appreciating people in those lanes. Uh like you said, wheelhouse. Uh so we had Warrior Poets Society train us with guns. Uh it was a little bit of a gear shakedown uh the first day uh, just kind of starting things slow because like I said, we had 10 guys and this was a private training and it was, it was a fully custom class. So my brother and I, we put together a list of, like, it was a really ambitious list, <laughs> like, you know, like 30 things that we wanted to touch on and experience and work through. And Paul said, well, I'm going to have to refine this a little bit. That's really ambitious for two days, two 10 days guys, right. you know, like, and, you know, we're doing pistol stuff, carbine stuff, like full kit no kit concealment what you know what i mean like when you go to like a carbine one class it's it's a lot it's a it's a little bit more s- streamlined because it's just the carbine and it's you can wear kit or yeah, you're, you you're from a, a lot of
0: the variables that come into yeah. that second weapon platform and kit and stuff like sure. that yeah absolutely
1: yeah so anyways uh that's how that started and you Paul kind of had to assess like what the spectrum of skill was from who was essentially like the least or lesser experienced and who was the more experienced of the group. So he could kind of um, so he could tailor it toward our experience yeah, levels and know, spectrum.
0: Yeah. So that everyone got a good experience out of it, which I think is important um, in any classroom experience. Yeah. Right. And. And so just so I understand and to clarify, so these were – it was you said it was 10 people in the class? <clears throat> yeah, 10 students, so, yeah. And this, were these people that, like, um, the, the concealed journey? Like, uh, I don't want to say hand-picked, but, you know, 10 people that you guys got together specifically so that it um, – I don't want to say raise the overall skill level, but so that it – you know, you didn't have right. somebody who had never shot a gun before or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, so – uh, everybody was at least an acquaintance like we didn't have any strangers okay. in the class even though like towards the end um we warrior poet society they were cool with us having 18 people in the class if we wanted to um but we didn't want as the concealed journey kind of like hosting this event kind of like being the mediators like we're the ones that contacted warrior vote society and requested mm-hmm. their their expertise we didn't want 18 people up there because like certainly it's going to help divvy up the cost per student for this event but then it you know you're not getting the as amount much amount
0: of instruction that you're getting per exactly because they can only they can
1: only spread themselves so far yeah exactly yes yeah. so um we said like 12 or 14 would be our max and we got to like nine and we we're like okay well we'd be cool with like up to 12. If all of a sudden we get like a group of four or five guys, uh, in the town I live in, there's an air force base. So we figured like with where I work, we get a lot of those airmen that come in, uh, as customers. And, um, okay. if like a group of four of those guys wanted to do it. Then we would take them and, you know, be yeah. like 13 it's, or 14, but no yeah, more than that.
0: They know what's up. Yeah. Well, okay. To an, extent. uh,
1: you sure, want to think yeah. that they know what's up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, So anyways, it ended up just being 10. So no strangers. Everybody was at least an acquaintance um, in some form or fashion. Corey, the president, uh, he's a pastor. So a couple of the guys were um, affiliated with the church that he's with. And then a couple of the people were just friends and acquaintances that we'd shot with. Uh, So that was that was nice that it wasn't just total like some just random people, which was really cool. And for myself and the concealed journey, uh, us, us five members in general, more specifically, I should say, um, it was a lot more comfortable for us. Cause I mean, I grew up on that property, you know, that's, that's our, that's our farmland. So it was comfortable for me to be there. Uh, I'm part of the concealed journey and we helped orchestrate this as well, but you know, hopefully for the other guys that took it, they felt comfortable as well. Whereas, you know, if I had to fly to like Jacksonville and, and I was like, the i i didn't go down there with my brother or with anybody from the concealed journey i was just me myself and i and i jumped into a carbine 2 class from whatever john Lovell. um i wouldn't know anybody else there and it's in an area that i've never been so uh, i didn't have to worry about that i felt pretty comfortable being there and then the fact that we didn't have any like total strangers i had never met two of the guys but Corey was friends with them so it was like, yeah. oh, if, he, if, if he's cool with you, I'm cool with you kind of thing. And we were just really happy to have a whole group together to do it because it wouldn't have been possible if we only had four or five people. Because if you want to talk about the cost of it, uh, the bill is the same. Like it's going to cost yeah. whoever's still, paying this much yeah, money for us to come up there and their, do it.
0: Their time for their hotel, yep. for their food, for their exactly. uh, rental vehicle. So, yeah, the bill, like you said, yep. Yeah, it's the set amount. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. you. And like they said, they gave you like a, a number of people to work with, which is cool that yeah. you kinda have that
1: um flexibility, right? To try and yeah. work out. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: And and ten 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 was a really good number. Ten ten was great. Um where we still had diversity. Um that was really interesting. Other people running other guns. I mean everybody except for one guy was running AR fifteens and uh striker fired handgun of some sort. Uh one it's guy was like running one. a SCAR. Oh, uh, so you had one communist running an AK, but no, he ran a no, scar. no AKs actually, no <laughs> AKs. No, he was he was a, he's a big FN guy, so he had a Scar 16 and an FS 2000 that he was like bouncing back and forth with, yeah. and yeah, they're super cool guns. Uh, they didn't really work that well, okay. um, just manual That's of arms.
0: Cool. Let's talk yeah. about that really quick because we had a guy sure. in my class that also had. And, and this isn't a dig because he was a he's a really nice guy, super nice yeah. dude, very good squared away individual. Mm-hmm. And he had a bunch of issues with his platform that day. And he, um, it just keeps sounding like I'm ragging on this guy. I'm not. Um, Dana was a super cool dude, but he is somebody like we took this class in August. He had just started he picked up shooting in November, so less sure. than a year. Became really, really good friends with the instructor um, at the range that was running the class. And he, he like he had the, the battle belt, uh, the drop leg holster and stuff. This was only a carbine class, but um, you know chest rig and everything. He, he shot well. He had a really nice rifle with a can and everything. Um, I had to feel bad for the guy because he did not stop having issues all day. Um,
1: like malfunctions with the rifle? Yeah. Or, like yeah. he just wasn't familiar with the manual of arms of the gun?
0: no he was it, was it was definitely um gear malfunctions like sure uh it started off with uh you know you run a can right you, you uh yeah you increase the gas on your on your system right right yeah so his issue was that um it was uh cycling as a so fast uh that it was it was catching the brass when it was ejecting so sure um uh, luckily another dude in the class had a like a had a braided buffer spring and an h2 buffer, and they were able yeah. to swap that out and hey okay. that fixed that issue Um, and then not even, not like an hour later, um, his, uh, safety selector broke. So like he flipped it to fire and the thing was still on safe and it just, and, and it, it, you know, so, okay. So he took, he had brought his second rifle with him. So he had a backup gun with no can, which was, you know, fine. But I guess the other rifle he grabbed did not have a force forward on it, which I've never, I've never seen anybody actually have to use their forward assist, um, but yeah. then I know he got into a couple uh, a couple reps later in the class where, like, the bolt was not seated all the way forward. And, like, okay, here's the timer, you know, beep, and he goes and click. And, right. like, and everyone's just kind of like, you know, you got to feel bad for the guy a little bit. You know, at the first, he was because sure. it's like, you know, ha, ha, ha. But uh, super squared away dude and, and the reps he did have were, were good. He just, um, you know, he did suffer through malfunctions. And I think um and i'm sure you found this out as well like that's classes i think are really good because you run your weapons and your your supporting gear more importantly exactly you're usually used to right um so like i found out very quickly uh, my belt was not sized correctly my belt was sure. falling down all damn day once we started moving and yeah super big pain in the ass um, yep. you know those are the times when you when you find out what works for you what doesn't Maybe it does work. It just needs to be adjusted, you know, like me fitting my kit or, um, you know, understanding the gas system on your your firearm. But um, right. it does, I think, kind of speak to the point that having the most expensive gun in the room doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the best shooter. Um, and again, uh, nothing, nothing against against uh, the gentleman in the class. Dane is a super good dude, super squared away. Um, like I said, and he performed really well. Um, it's just, you know, it's a, I, I look at it like growing pains, you know, once you're like learning yeah. your
1: kit. No, that's that's exactly it. And the the thing is that uh, that never stops going, though. You know, it's not like right when you get started and then you finally start actually shooting, you're going to you're going to grow and learn a lot. Right. Like things on paper don't always pan out when you're actually using them. Um, but if I, I, I would say I'm probably the most experienced shooter out of our group. And every time I go to the range, I still find something else to tweak. I still find Mm -hmm. how something doesn't ride right, how, you know, learning something like the way, the way this cycles or, you know, whatever, there's, there's always more to learn, especially if you want to learn more. And if you're open to learning more, you're going to keep finding out this is where the learning happens. And like, it's, it's not like just because you use it, you learn it. I mean, that that's also true. Like you probably wouldn't know that if you were just watching TV tonight and letting your rifle sit in the safe. Right. Like everything's great until you put it to use and find out that it isn't, you know, like your rifle sitting in the safe and, you know, your plate carrier in the corner of your gun room. It works fantastically for pictures (laughs) on Instagram. But until you actually have to move around in it, uh, that's where you learn, you know, and um it i can't emphasize that enough and it's 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 awesome to see that happen in people when they finally get out and come shooting you know so so far this year we've brought out and introduced a multitude of people to like dynamic shooting with conditions and standards you know where it's not just like indoor shooting range shooting where you have a paper target and you just no 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 we Because we have the luxury and we have a blessing of an area to be able to do that in, right? We've got you know thousands of acres of land that we can just—it's at our disposal to do with what we would like responsibly, and we do. And and it's a great opportunity to be able to introduce people to like the next step and progression in shooting skill, and not just like super static flat range, whatever indoor range kind of shooting that most of these people are accustomed to, like even police qualifications, military qualifications, it's typically an accuracy qualification. So, you know, you need to hit 17 out of 24 a zones from three, seven, 15 and 25. Like here, here's your badge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um,
0: Which really isn't that hard. Once you actually spend some time behind the rifle and like figure it out, like it's, it's not that hard. Um, and no, I think the people that um, that do that kind of thing and then assume that they're hey, well, I'm buttoned up. That's it. I'm ready to go. Whatever happens. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, what I mean, and yeah. it's, it's the same kind of people that will take like they'll buy the gun and they will take the handgun one. They'll take the carbine one class and they'll go. All right. Like squared away. All set. And it's like it's when you look I don't at agree. In,
1: yeah. When you look but at what's I, in those I, classes it's better it's, than nothing. It, I mean, and right? that's let's, true, let's give but, credit. Let's give credit there.
0: I, you know what and that's a good point because a lot of people don't even go that far i know several exactly I haven't even gone that far but when you start like you're saying right you get in that dynamic shooting uh, movement right um yeah uh, working through malfunctions right i mean because stuff happens like i think i had at yeah. one double feed issue which was just the follower on the magazine and it, it didn't happen again um i had a double feed issue and then i had um just a magazine not seat all the way i mean like stuff happens sure. right and yeah. knowing how to work through exactly. it. so um you know, I think if you because you guys obviously have, you know, that that luxury, that access to that uh, outdoor environment, you know, yeah. Uh, here where I'm at, we really don't, you know, it's right. just I'm in a very suburban area. So I think the, the importance to take away from that is like if you don't have that access, like go get that access, you know, make a point yeah. even if it's only once a year right. or twice a year go out and take one of those classes, do some dynamic movement, do some do some dy- dynamic shooting, and, and with people that know more than you. You know what I mean? Like yeah, To right. your point earlier, you should try to find stuff to work on every time you go to the range. I mean, shit, ammo is too expensive right now
1: to not approach it that way. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah, we try to get really creative. So, I mean, just this, just this last weekend we ran a drill, and it took – I mean, depending on your accuracy at the farthest target, uh, it's five shots at five yards, A zone, and then two hits on the steel at forty yards, and then you sprint back to one hundred and thirty-five. So, and you just need one hit on steel from one hundred and thirty-five. So, five shots for sure. If you had, if you had perfect accuracy, it's only eight rounds. It's only eight rounds if you had perfect accuracy. Yeah, that's okay. um, I missed two shots on the run that I posted on Instagram. Um, my first shot on the close steel got the next two. So those two hits sprint back missed my first shot on the far steel made my second hit. So I took 10 rounds to do that drill and I covered a span of, you know, 80 some yards sprinting, moving, getting behind cover, um, really fast shooting, like hosing something Mm -hmm. down at five yards and then having to slow down a little bit for a 12 inch plate at 40 yards. And now you're going to sprint back and then you have to hit a one third size steel silhouette from 135 yards, which it's actually only 135 yards of real distance. But that would simulate a full size target at 405 yards. Now, the, the bullet is not doing what it would do at 400 yards because it's actually right. only traveling 135. So he still hold point of aim, point of impact for like a hundred yard zero or a 36 yard zero. Whereas at 400, I would definitely have to hold up, which we didn't have to do in this drill, but whatever, suffice it to say, you start getting creative, especially now with times, uh, where ammo is a little difficult, but also because like it starts to get boring, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, I, I think it can start to get really boring. I don't understand how people can go to the same indoor range every week and just shoot at a piece of paper. Like I'm, Man. I'm having... I'm working real hard to pull up some super creative stuff out on our wide open farm, you know. Yeah,
0: and and I mean, and I think stuff like that is uh it is really important to to understand. Um, you know, talking about holds and 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 that stuff you can all understand and work on and practice on at, at your local indoor range. We the first thing we did, uh, Robbie, the uh, the head instructor at Ann Arbor Arms, where I took my class um super solid dude the first thing he had us do was we got the t-rex arms one of the one of the t-rex arms targets and we spent like the first hour i want to say or hour and a half just working on understanding our holds and our sight picture and then like this is what it looks like and what it what it looks like a in your sight, but B on the, on the paper, right. At five yards, sure. seven and understanding yeah. that as you, you back up, because I mean, ironically, most of us actually had our guns zero to 25 yards just because of, you know, we're at indoor ranges, Yeah, uh, you know, understanding that you're not going to actually have that point of aim point of impact be directly overlapped until you're at the farthest point back and knowing that you yeah. have to, you know, you know, aim above your target because of right. height over bore and, and things like that yeah. and, um so I mean was that a new concept for anybody in your class? Because I think we definitely had a couple dudes um in mind that, that I mean then they grasped it, you know, they understood eventually, but sure. um were not necessarily
1: familiar. Sure. I would I would say for two guys, um the so the the gentleman that you had mentioned that uh you said his name. I'm not gonna repeat it, but you said his name yeah. and we had a guy just like that with like like inadequate gear crazy gear malfunctions like it just didn't work like pistol mag here rifle mag here pistol mag over here rifle mag down there and like mm-hmm. a holster was at his knee problems with that um and then we had another guy who was relatively new to shooting but he picked it up so fast it was awesome to watch this guy just like sponge up this information so yeah go to ahead stop
0: you at the first one because I'm i'm interested yeah sure was would was his issues you know with the gear all over the place and things like that would you say that's um i guess it, just a lack of of knowing like not having done the research and just gone with what looked cool or something like that i mean um just, i mean you, you, you see so much on the internet and it's I like know. okay man where did you pick this up and i mean did you just not know and maybe you just went off what you saw in the movies or you know,
1: um, I, I think he would have been better suited if he would have looked up like current plate carrier setup, right. And tried to copy that, whatever the first Google image is that <laughs> pops up. If you Google current plate carrier setup, he would have been better off served with that. I don't even know what that picture looks like. I've never Googled current plate carrier setup, but if he would just have Googled that and tried to emulate that, I think he would have been better served, but he was using like, um, A black nylon tactical airsoft vest, like a zipper coming up the middle, Uh, right?
0: Like like Uber 90s?
1: Yeah, man. 90s
0: SWAT team, North
1: Hollywood shootout.
0: Bang. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, well put. Yeah, with like Velcro and molly all over the place. And his holster was like at the side of his knee. And it was a nylon holster at the side of his knee. And then he had like a four mag mag carrier on his left knee for his oh, for his pistol mags so his pistol mags were all the way on his left knee so when this guy ran you know like this gear is just all that jostling around yeah. exactly it, it was bad and then he also didn't have like the best understanding of his firearms manual of arms just like you know the reciprocating bolt on a scar that got him. You know what I mean? Like this thing's going to come back on you. And there were countless times where we were like, Hey man, we've got extra ARs. Like do you just want, and he's like, no, I don't want to. And I mean, I think at a certain point in time, um, you either have to like swallow it or you have to just totally commit if you're that guy. Right. So, I mean, he spent whatever, two grand or something like that on the scar plus it had an ACOG on it. So he's got a lot of money invested in that FS 2000. Yeah. I don't know what the price of those are, more than 1500 plus he's got an ACOG on that and duracoat jobs on both or Sarah jobs on both whatever so he's like really committed and invested in, in this gear right so yeah, yeah. he kind of has to like fully commit forward with this huge monetary and financial investment like nope I'm gonna have to just eat dirt with this stuff because I've come this far with it or at least I've dumped as much money into it like I've got to get my money's yeah. worth back out and finally the instructor Paul he was like he, he said, man, you just got to get rid of that scar. You're going to shoot my AR. You're going to run this whole drill just using my AR. And lo and behold, the guy's getting hits. The guy's the guys transitioning shoulders just fine. Because Jeez. this this gentleman was like incapable of transitioning to his other shoulder and then focusing through a magnified optic mm-hmm. with his non-dominant eye. It's he was tricky. so used to it- He's he just so used, used to, to yeah. yeah, shooting dominant side with a magnified optic, and, you know, he's right-handed, right-eye dominant, so that was far more natural to him. When he went to go switch to the other side, he was actually, like, holding his head all the way over the axis of his gun so that he could try to get his right eye yeah. into the scope while he had it on his left shoulder, which is very difficult, especially with an ACOG with an unforgiving eye box, and the eye release, so whatever issues like that and then the other gentleman that was i would say the lesser experienced of the group um we'll call him bob that's not his name but we're gonna call him bob (laughs) Bob, because i don't want to say his name um he he was an absolute sponge and i would say if there was if there was anybody that was most improved in the class it was absolutely this guy you know this was like a standard north dakota story where he grew up hunting deer and you know shooting ducks and pheasants whatever like that but he'd never been around an ar-15 in fact his wife had more ar-15 experience than he did um when he showed up his iron sights were on backwards so we were like hey bob you know uh
0: (laughs) help you out real quick
1: well and here was the other interesting thing right is that this was a private event so everybody paid their fair share to get in there just because we were hosting it didn't mean it was like our show you know everybody paid equal shares for it to be everybody show equally so you can't have a guy especially a grown man show up and be like uh hey man you know like your sights are on backwards now i don't think there's any one right way to do everything but there are certainly better ways and spoiler alert (laughs) your sights are on backwards
0: probably one of them yeah
1: well i mean right
0: and not to say that doesn't happen right because you know we we do see dudes that flip the front sight around to make room for if they're running a laser or something this sure. clearly sounds like not, you know, that instance, but yeah, I mean, and it's, and, and it's an educational experience, you know, he's probably like, Hey man, I didn't know. You he did Cool. Thanks. And, and it's not that big of a deal realistically.
1: No, you know? I mean, it was, he was really, he was awesome about the whole thing. Right. He was like, Oh man, I didn't know thanks for letting me know, like, can we get this fixed? Like, what do we need to do? And we're like, heck yeah, man, let's get it fixed. So we swapped the sights around, you know, put the rear sight in the back and the front sight in the front. And, you know, we like re-zeroed them, made sure they were zeroed for the class. And, you know, then he was off with it, you know, and we had an extra holster for him and like, he got the job done. He, he borrowed one of our chest rigs and we got the guy set up and he was an absolute sponge of information. And he was just constantly driving and driving and driving and driving listening intently focusing and then trying to replicate the drill and soaking up as much yeah, as possible whereas the other gentleman who was at a similar experience level wasn't quite like letting this information resonate with him uh you know he had i think he was standing too much on what he considered to be his previous experiences and he was a little numb to the information that was coming in and that's unfortunate you know i mean even after all the malfunctions that he had not necessarily mechanical malfunctions with his scar and his fs-2000 i mean he did have a couple but like everybody did you know a double feeder a failure to extract whatever okay like aside from that i'm just talking about uh like just being unfamiliar with your firearm and the manual of arms with it those malfunctions yeah um he was still reluctant even after class, right, Paul was like, are you going to get an AR-15 now? And he said no. And oh, he went in. He went into the gun store where another one of uh, the members of the Concealed Journey works. And he was like, hey, man, how's it going? And then Tyler, who is one of the members of the Concealed Journey, spoke with this other gentleman and um, said, hey, are you going to buy an AR-15? You know, after Warrior Poets Society, especially after how well you did once you finally had Paul's rifle, like that that should be inspiring for you to get an ar and he said absolutely not i, w- I will not own an ar-15 like stuck to his guns that. literally that doesn't
0: make any sense
1: like dude i don't
0: I, know i mean hey respect for for sticking to it maybe you just want to work through it and everything but i think yeah you know i mean at some point there's some common sense i would say anyways you know uh, i would say there's some common sense some reason that that comes into that whole process and um, I think that's one of those, you know, maybe, it, maybe the conversation's not, Hey, get rid of the scar. Maybe the conversation yeah, no, 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 You no. should also get an AR 15 while you're training up with that, um, you know, with that scar until you have an equal level of proficiency. I think, yeah. and, and this is me not, not having ever, um, run a scar or shot a scar platform. Sure. Um, yeah. I know that there's, they have some gremlins. Um, I know guys in the service either love them or hate them yeah. for different reasons, Yeah. Um, but I, what I do know and can say pretty confidently, and I'm, I'm positive you're going to agree with me on this, is that one of the hallmarks of the AR platform is its, is its, is its uh, ability to be easily used and easily manipulated and and taught to people at I um, I don't want to say at a low level, but there's not a lot to it. It's very um, user friendly you know the it manual is. of arms is is once you figure out you know there's three or four main skills and that's not counting you know clearing malfunctions but once you understand right. how to lock the bolt back how to charge the handle uh, obviously safety selector and the magazine release i mean you have a fundamental understanding of that of that firearm
1: yeah you know? i would say like intuitive like i think the ar15 is fairly intuitive and it was built really ergonomically obviously there like there have been some improvements and there's obviously a ton of aftermarket accessories that you can add or modifications that you can make to make the ar 15 ar 15 even more intuitive or ergonomic but i i think it's naturally intuitive and ergonomic now it's it's kind of hard for me to like remember what like my first time with an ar-15 was like because it was so long ago so I'm, I'm trying to like relate you know and have a little bit of empathy for this guy on like what it's like to for my first time with an ar-15 um and you know i could i could kind of get a little bit of that when i first introduced the ar-15 to my girlfriend and just like watching her work through like what does what mm-hmm. and i can I, I it kind of brings back a little bit of like i mean right now it's difficult for me to say so because i'm just I, I'm just so familiar with it now. You know, I mean, I really don't shoot other platforms. I shoot an AK like maybe once every two months and then I, sh- I shoot AR-15s. So yeah. um, that's like all I know. Um, and I mean, that's not saying that that's a lot because I'll be the first one to tell you that I suck. You know, <laughs> like, I, I, I need far more experience and um, I'm striving to do that. And that's what, like that's what the point of Warrior Vote Society is, is Like I I was just super hungry for information. And when you get an opportunity like that to to train with train with anybody notable and reputable, I mean, especially to us, like the concealed journey is has built a lot of its principles and pillars based around how we view and appreciate respect and essentially like honor what the Warrior Poets Society stands for in their ethos and. Like in their mentality, their ideology, whatever, if you want to like start getting kind of uh, down that road about it, that's, that's, that's been a huge shaping force for how we enact through the concealed journey.
0: You could, and I think it's, uh, I mean, a, obviously a good, um, if you had to pick role models, they. it's a good one to pick for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah. Obviously, they do good content online, you know, I mean, and that's, yeah. that's, I think in today's world, that's like the first step, you know, but once you even start looking at it, um, you know, everything I've seen, John and, and, and the team there, you know, Rocco and Paul, they all seem like very, um, very, I don't want to keep saying squared away, but very like just, you know, um, squared away individuals they're charismatic guys that are passionate about oh, what yeah. they do that it makes it just easier for you to be that passionate about it and um i think one of the the cool things that they do is they embrace what they know um and what i mean when i say that is you see a lot of guys right now on on social media um and some of them are great shooters a lot of them are great shooters right but they stress, yeah. I think, um, a lot of the the flashy stuff, right? Like, yeah. oh, you know, like, and I'm totally guilty of, you know, too many reps of the one reload, one <laughs> drill stuff, but you sure. see a lot of that because they can do, you know, sub one second, one reload, one, or, you right. know, super fast on the concealed draw and everything. And I think it's, I think that there is value in that. I, I, yeah. I will say that. I think that there is more value in the, in the concepts and the ideas and the skills that are being taught by places like warrior poet society, um, and things like what similar to what we learned in the class I was in, where it's more, more real world driven, right. Um, by guys who've been there and have done, you know, that kind of thing. And have been in those kinds of situations where, um, there's just a, there's a higher level of understanding, you know, um, where they've, they've done it. They, they understand what it takes to be, um, successful and perform under stress and things like that. You you know know what I mean? And I think that, um, you know, those are really what need those skills, those, I I, like, I call them like hard skills. Those hard skills are what need to be, um, taught to people. and, And I really think focused on more than like the extra flashy stuff. I mean, there's a time and place for that. And, um, you know, certainly you get to a level, right. A level where, um, you start. You would gain an advantage in a, I guess, a gunfight. <laughs> you know, you would gain that advantage by having the the, the speed um, to do stuff like that. And uh, I'm not saying it's not all without merit. I just think you see a lot of people um, focusing on some of the wrong stuff. Uh, sure. Just, I mean, and I get it. You know, everyone wants to work on the cool stuff. Everyone wants to be the, you know, the cool guy. And like, hey, look, you know, this guy does this. I can do that too. Um, yeah, but it's
1: sexy, man. It's got sex appeal. Yeah, that, that draws that draws people in, right? And I mean
0: mm-hmm.
1: I agree with you that there is a place for that, right? That um you know, when everything is just visual stimulation nowadays on social media, if if you're if you're somebody like the concealed journey, right? And you're trying to attract folks to just n- n- understand that this training exists in your locale. Having something like super fast and flashy we'll we'll keep somebody's attention for a second versus yeah. if i just like on instagram right if i just take a picture of the carpet right and the only point of the post is so that you actually like read the passage and i say hey everybody we are the concealed journey in north dakota we offer training and like you just see a close-up picture of carping what yeah. it just keeps going
0: right you'll move on so, right.
1: yeah 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 now i agree with you equally and furthermore that I I think a lot of people just get hung up on that, right? And like as though that's the qualifier. Can you do a one R one at three yards in under three seconds?
0: I mean probably. Can, maybe. You know what I mean? You,
1: but. you know what I mean? I mean, and it's a fine standard to have, right? Because it's it's isolating and expounding upon a lot of fundamentals, right? I mean there's a lot going on in a one R one, but In a real situation, that drill, that manual of arms, drawing the gun, firing, Mm -hmm. reloading, and then firing again, not very practical, right? If you look at any axon footage, body cam footage, whatever, of shootings, either from police or security footage, um, CCC TV, um, it's it's not the case. It's not one shot, reload, one shot, and then, like, you know, that series nullified.
0: Well, that's, I was just going to say, because a lot of what you used to see um, when you got, uh, like, uh, the Glock 43 came out, right, and then you saw, like, the M&P Shield, and we saw, like, that that real, um, I guess, uh, that movement, right, of, like, the super small uh, compact carry pistols that were all, like, 5 plus 1, 6 plus 1, 7 plus 1, maybe, maybe at most, 8 plus 1, right, you had the, right. the larger magazine, and you kind of got this rift in, in concealed carriers and you have these, like the guys that are like, well, Glock 19 or nothing, bro. And then, you know, and you have these other people that throw out the data that look, they're like, well, if you look at the data, most, right. um, most altercations don't go past seven rounds or six rounds or I don't even know what it is, but there is a statistic about that. And, um, certainly there's some weight to that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that data driven, um, analytics and things like that, it's, it's Im- important to look at those things however to your point it's like okay so you know is that really the one reload one really what we should be working on then or would you be better served with something like a bill drill where a it's drill. just drawing presenting and six rounds um in rapid succession and you focus on things like drawn presentation um site alignment which are, by the way, both things we can work on dry that don't cost money, <laughs> no. you know, which I'm all about saving money. Um, but then, you know, six rounds. So, I mean, if you look at that and, you know, and maybe you need to reload. I'm not saying the magazine failures don't happen. They do. But, like, it, it, should that be more of a secondary skill? I mean, I, I think that it, it, could, it could be categorized as a secondary skill.
1: Doing reloads quickly and efficiently. Uh, See, the, the thing is, like, if you're reloads, in a firefight yeah. and you need more ammo – it's going to be a really useful skill to be able to do a reload quickly for sure. Now, uh, to agree with you further, um, as far as that statistic is concerned, I don't know the exact number, but, um, in the ballpark, yeah, whatever, like three rounds at three yards in three seconds, like Mm -hmm. that's, or whatever, however it goes, four yards, four rounds, four seconds is the typical, uh, firearm engagement, right? With, with whatever, um, you don't really need to have that reload. So I agree with what you're driving at here. That I think a bill drill is great, is is a great option because you get recoil management, sight alignment. You're gonna fire those shots as fast as you can. Like you, most likely. I've never been in a firefight, so I don't know. But yeah, neither, most honestly. likely, it's, it's, as far as what I've seen from video footage of people getting in actual um, firearm altercations, is that yeah, you're like. You're dumping rounds fast, man, and so build drills great for that. I agree with you. Um, I I still think like working in reloads, like the manual of arms, and understanding how to access your other equipment is really important. But yeah, but you're right. You're right. Like here's the thing: is like I I wouldn't want a firefight. Let's say let's say the one firefight that I'm ever in takes eight rounds, but I'm carrying my Glock 43,
0: right? yeah yeah and, 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 actually, and
1: it's out of just had two extra rounds and not yeah. had to do a reload you, you know i've, I've actually got plus twos on my mag so I, I carry a plus one so i'd be okay in that situation but with a glock 19 that's totally covered you know and according to the statistic that most firefights are three rounds four rounds at three yards four yards in three seconds four seconds whatever um mm-hmm. with my glock 19 i don't have to worry about a reload for four of those occasions but whatever no i understand what you're driving at so continue with your points about like it's
0: i think it it just goes to highlight that you can you can uh you can put a different amount of weight on each of these skills and there's probably a a fairly equal argument like what we just had here uh behind why one is more important than the other but i think if there is one overarching idea it's that um you have to train on all of those concepts. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> exactly, it, it really yes. does pay to be well-rounded. So, yes. yeah, I mean, work the one reload one. I know you're, because you're starting to see some of these uh, Instagram um, I mean influencers, right, um, talk about, well, you should really work on a three reload three because then you're actually working on accuracy and speed, you know, right. and it's a little bit slower drill and stuff, and it pushes up people's standards and stuff. But, I mean, I think that's a little bit closer. To maybe the point, but I agree with you. You know, I mean, with ammo being what it costs right now, I mean, uh, I mean, break it down where you can, right? I, I I am I am personally of the belief that fundamentals are. Um, 110% what people should spend 90% of their time working on. So then, yeah. when you do get that 10% of the time, at least for you know those of us without a giant farm to go shoot on uh, at our pleasure, <laughs> yeah. um, you know that 10% of the time when you do get to go to uh, an outdoor range, uh, go to a class where you get to move and and, and be presented with interesting concepts, you're not uh, I don't want to say wasting time because anytime you're working on those skills is 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 good but you are able to take full advantage of that situation right like you were talking about yes. with the guys from warrior poet you know you want to make sure that you are you know you're ready right you want to be pushed to your limits and then beyond with their right. knowledge you know what i mean and uh, um
1: you're all yeah you're nailing you're nailing right on the head here man i'm agreeing entirely with what you say um t i've been divulging <laughs> myself in t-rex arms information lately as well um ironically uh maybe not ironically but uh, not obviously, right? You'd think that I'd be far more divulged in uh, the Warrior Poets Society stuff. But um, after Warrior Poet Society, it really sparked something in me. And um, Lucas Botkin and T-Rex Arms in general, like what they stand for, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of as well. And that's Brilliant. one thing that, that they stress is like doing this dry fire, right? The only two things you don't get from dry fire are recoil management and actual mm-hmm. like holes in paper accuracy, Otherwise, everything else you can train so that when you do finally get that opportunity to go to the range, because some people don't have the opportunity of farmland that they can go to whenever they want yeah. and shoot as much ammo as they want. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't have an endless supply of ammo. I, <laughs> I still keep myself really accountable for my round counts, but um, I can go out there whenever I want and I can shoot as much as I want. Really now. I don't do that much dry fire. I really don't. Like I do a couple reps w- from concealment before I leave the house in the morning, and that's about it. And I think that's one area that I, I definitely can totally be called out on that I don't do that much dry fire, certainly not enough dry fire. Um, and that's that's one area where I could definitely start improving my own skills and making it so I don't have to work as hard when I go to the range to achieve this same level of, of experience or if I put in the same amount of hard work that I'm putting in now it will take me farther because I don't have to bridge the gap from what I'm potentially missing from dry fire right so yeah um like you said exactly you can use your time more efficiently especially there's a lot of people out there that could only get to the range once a month or something like that and they only get four hours once a month that they can actually do live fire training and in that regard like there's a lot of people that have other philosophies about you know let alone let alone the ammo situation or issue right or or lack of ammo, whatever aside from that if if ammo was endless but you just didn't have the time right you could only get to the range one time a month for four hours what do you really focus on right and i think i'm agreeing with you what you're saying it's like running a build drill running like a 3r3 or something like that you know
0: yeah that's transition that's where, something you can really
1: transition take advantage. Is huge too man Absolutely. like yeah. tr- like tracking your sights in movement and honestly like everybody says this get off the x right i mean i'm pretty sure that was like the closing statement from james Yeager in his old youtube videos was get off the x <laughs> And you see that thrown around a shitload yeah right and just just get moving man I it's like one thing that bothers me and a guy on instagram i was talking to we actually made like a satirical back and forth reel about like the super flashy instagram like <laughs> one R ones and stuff like that from from dry fire videos specifically and then some actual live fire stuff and people aren't moving You know, people aren't moving and there is a time and a place for static drills, right? Where you don't want your fundamentals to be polluted by having to sprint five yards to your left, stopping this cone, reacquire the target, right? Where you're like really just trying to hone, working on that dot and making sure that that dot returns to the exact same place that you want it every time, right? Like there's times where you don't want movement and dynamics to pollute. Your fundamentals but i think in in the most part like y- you you got to be able to move right i mean if oh, if you've I, ever yeah, if, if anybody's ever done any hunting or played any video game right if if you if you're playing battlefield or call of duty and there's a guy just standing in the middle of this courtyard <laughs> immediately right? dead
0: immediately yeah, dead
1: dude, like <laughs> there's there's an, there's an easy kill streak you know yep. what i mean but if you got a guy that's bobbing back and forth behind cover high crouching low peaking around the edge of a building mm-hmm. far more difficult target to hit same thing with hunting like shooting a moving target like a deer or a coyote um crazy difficult those yeah. things are moving at like 20 miles an hour like so it, it puts a different so if you could be a moving target it's going to make you that much more difficult to hit now honestly most of the time uh i think in like these situations in real life where uh firearms have been deployed justifiably you know and there's some like bozo holding up a gas station or whatever they don't really have firearm skills you know so yeah
0: it's a you, different you, you
1: could just get unlucky and just get caught with a flyer you know like you could be doing everything right you could be dynamic using cover and uh having return fire suppressive fire whatever and the guy just like sends a lucky one under the car and it bounces up and catches your femoral artery, art you know like
0: yeah, that could I mean, there's still no guarantees happen. with those.
1: No, there's not. But I mean, I, I've never been in those situations, so I, I don't think I should talk about those things. This is certainly all just purely hypothetical. But I, I think being able to move, being like knowing how to move and having like health and fitness on your side mm-hmm. is extremely uh well, advantageous. It doesn't even have say. to be
0: in the the context of a one like one v one gunfight, right. right? I mean sure. a lot of what uh I think applies to a lot of people is that they carry a firearm. And I've certainly talked about this on, you know, other episodes of the podcast here is yeah, people I that like carry firearms. Shields. They, they are not, they're not out there carrying a firearm because they want to kill somebody. They're Absolutely carrying not. it because it's not because it's a sword. They're carrying it because it's a shield. And Damn right. what I mean is you're out at the mall, right? And you were with your girlfriend or somebody, you know, Joe down the street is out with his wife and his two small kids You know, um, your responsibility at that point is not to I mean, if you can, sure, you know, eliminate the threat judiciously and appropriately. But your primary responsibility is to get yourself and your family to steal what you're just saying, you know, get them off the axe, get them to safety. Right. Which in more instances than not is going to involve moving right so understanding how to shoot while moving understanding or even just understanding you know point a to point b movement how do you administratively and safely manipulate that firearm so you're not flagging people because stress being what it is you know um negligent discharges can happen and then whoops you just shot your neighbor in the arm or something and you know, and so it's it does it's not even specific to the gunfight scenario. You know, knowing how to m- safely and properly move and manipulate uh, your firearm or your weapon system is um, is paramount. It it it's something that that definitely can't be overlooked. And I and I do want to ask because we had one. Um, do you guys have any NDS during your class?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'll answer that in a moment. I'm, I want to <laughs> interject with this point about. Um, what I heard from a podcast, I was listening to Lucas Botkin on the Vortex podcast
0: today. I listened to that one. It was a good and, one, yeah.
1: Yeah. So they asked, like, for the majority of civilians, right? Because not all civilians want to be a shooter like Lucas Botkin is, um, let alone do they even have the capability or the resources available to do so, right? Um, yeah. So Lucas's answer was, you should be able to handle and move with a firearm safely, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Just be able to do that so that you can move with a gun comfortably from just pointing here five yards to the left of the other cone without flagging people. Right. Like to understand finger off the trigger while you're not shooting and don't point this at a bunch of people while you try to get there. So and I agree with that. I I think that's a great point. If like the bare minimum that everybody that owns a gun should be able to do is move with a gun safely. And I work at a gun store. <laughs> and it is, there's an it's, unprecedented yeah, amount of people say, you probably that know point, guns anyone. Yeah. point guns at me all day. Now, I'm kind of jaded to it, and it's probably not a good thing, but I still notice it, you know, and I clear the gun when I pull it off the wall, and I hand it to them open, but still, I mean, the amount of people that point guns at me, and in some situations, it's, it's difficult for them to, like, kind of not point the gun at me, yeah. because, you know, there's customers Just behind them, so they need to point it at the wall behind me. And, you know, if I'm moving over like, oh, you want to talk about the suppressor compatibility and I move over to grab the suppressor, then, you know, like I, some people don't have the natural like reflex to like lift the gun or to bring it into Sewell and point it down, mm-hmm. whatever. Anyway, um, I think if people were just able to to move and understand firearms safely as like a cultural standard across the board for every citizen, that'd be great.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, um, I, I read a book that I talked about on the pod again a while back. It was called Mentoring Shooters by okay. Dustin Solomon. Um, and it was a continuation of uh, another book that he wrote that I actually heard about from Will Petty at uh, Centrifuge Training. So Dustin Solomon's written a couple. But um, actually a lot of what he talked about, because his first book was about like shooting psychology and stuff. Um, okay. But the second one actually talked a lot about uh, administrative skills and how it's probably the most overlooked piece of uh, mentoring and building new shooters is how do you how do you safely load a magazine? How do you safely load the firearm? How do you safely move, you know what I mean, like at a local range, moving um, the firearm from the lane to the case at the table behind you, or to your point, it's completely unloaded. You know, how do you manipulate this, you know, indoor? Can you point it straight down? Can you point it straight up? Do You, you know what I mean? Like how right. to administer flip a safety on correctly you know uh the administrative side gets it can get real deep without people realizing it and it's like yeah man moving with the firearm safely is uh that's you know that's and especially if you put it into context right in a crowd you you have you're surrounded by friendlies by no shoots yeah. you know 60 right and you've got one that you have to shoot
1: right. yeah so yeah um well said uh add so there was a gun show here recently, and we had a booth at the gun show uh, trying to uh, really get our name out there, some brand awareness, um, have some interactions with some folks locally here. Because Instagram is national. It's it. I, I said that in our story one day. Um, Instagram is really national. Like you live three states away. I talk with a guy out in California like every other day, yeah. you know, a guy that lives in Pennsylvania like all the time, you know, so like – you guys aren't going to be taking our class, right? It's going to be people that are within 200 miles of us that are going to be taking yeah. this class. So we were at the gun show. We had a booth at the gun show, and um, straight off the bat, I'll tell you, uh, wrong demographic at one of these gun shows. <laughs> let me tell you that, okay? There was there was a lot of mossy oak, real tree camouflage, and wooden bolt action 30 out sixes. If that says anything, okay? And now we'd have a couple passers by and uh elderly folk in a way right um i don't want to say the name for him but uh th- there's there's a stereotype that is uh, really about. really commonly expressed about people like this does We'd he say,
0: possibly have a stutter and hunt a rabbit for
1: for he does. his hobby he does. <laughs> he does so he would you know we ask them hi we're the you know we're the concealed journey we would uh, introduce ourselves we're the concealed journey uh would you be interested in firearms training and so many of them said, I don't need that. And <laughs> like behind behind my professionalism, right. you know, standing here, uh, just in my head, just screaming, yeah, yeah, you do.
0: The fact <laughs> you that your do. first <laughs> answer is not, well, what do you get? You know, what, what do you do? Right. It's like, oh, I don't no, need I that. Think like, You know, that right yeah. there tells me pretty much everything that I, I need to know that you do
1: need it. And here's the big problem about it is that these folks are gun people. most of you folks are only listening to this uh austin and i right now can see each other so um air quotes uh (laughs) these are gun people right and dude it's unreal man it's 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 an absolute shame really and here's another thing is you know like one of the one of the guys said that it's it's because of our generation and it's because of people like us so it's my brother and i sitting there and uh we had like one of the tactical racks um you can know, hold a plate carrier and helmet and my brother's rifle was oh, sitting yeah, yeah. there with a the suppressor and you know he's got a red dot on it and you know folding adapt whatever all the cool and guy said, uh,
0: high speed load drag stuff everyone
1: absolutely likes absolutely tight pants tight groups bro <laughs> so <laughs> so this guy says it's because of your generation people like you with stuff like this that gives uh the gun community a bad name and i said that's where i thought weak. you were gonna
0: go with that wow okay yeah.
1: Uh, he said, and then I said, it's because of your generation that our generation has so much more work to do to normalize this type of stuff. Right. Good for you, man. It's, 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 I mean, that was what we ran into all day. Don't get me wrong. We had a lot of really good interactions with people that were truly interested in training. And, you know, if it was just one great interaction and a hundred poor interactions, it's worth it. Right. And not just, not just for the expansion of our business, honestly, like I only want the concealed journey to succeed, but more than I want the concealed journey to succeed is I want like cultural actualization and normalization of firearms. Not to the extent that you and I are doing it right. Where like I have three plate carriers and six ARs. It it doesn't need to to go that that
0: far though. I mean, but it's your point, you know, you've had that the previous generation has made a, uh, a habit, like a habitual, like habit, a reoccurring, hobby even of of giving money to the NRA to to turn around and give away our gun rights i mean oh you right. people are why we have these issues with guns like no the reason we have issues with guns is because your generation didn't do enough to help uh you know promote proper gun safety proper gun handling gun enthusiasm didn't work hard enough to keep those rights so that bills you know like things that banned i mean and i don't get me wrong, I think bump stocks are ridiculous and unnecessary. However, I think that any any legislation that allows um, the cherry-picking, so to speak, right, yeah. of of certain mm-hmm. um, firearm accessories, I think that that just opens the door for what will eventually be like the flooding of, you know, oh, well, you know, we're, and we're looking at it right now with braces, right, on firearms, and it's True. like, yeah. you know, I would say that, you know, sir, your generation uh, has done more to hurt, you know, the, the firearms community, but um, and that's not a statement of of all uh, you know uh, of the previous generation or all older no. gentlemen or, or women. I mean, we had a guy in our class who was old uh, older, and he, uh, I mean, because you you were talking about uh, the the guy in your class, you know, bumping over shoulders and not understanding, you know, how to shoot uh, weak side and everything. Right. We had a guy in our class who straight up just told everybody, he's like, I've never even considered it. Uh, he's an older yeah. dude. He had shot competitions like, in, like with a tw- 22 and everything. Um, right. you know, but it's like, you know, So there are people that are, that are bridging that gap, but I think that that's like the absolute, the absolute worst way, uh, to, to treat somebody with a different perspective. I mean, and if you disagree, no one's saying you can't disagree. Right. I mean, but like hear people out and get their perspective and maybe gain some understanding behind, yeah. right. um, uh, behind you know why you feel the way you do and why he feels the way he does and and there's certainly a lot of common you guys both like guns there's a lot of common ground there you know i mean like instead of focusing just on the differences alone and i i mean i sound like a dirty fucking hippie right now but i mean but but truly (laughs) if you want if you want this all to be successful uh you know we have to in, in both sides right because don't i mean make no mistake hunting is not Exactly thriving as a, a hobby and an activity these days either right with technology sure. being on the rise so um, you know and a lot of the guys that are, are hunting enthusiasts are are tactical shooting and firearms enthusiasts vice versa and everything maybe leaning probably more to one side than the other in, in, right. in that conversation um, yeah but I mean you, you you have to it has to be one community versus you know uh, versus two
1: this it's it's a it's a perfect translation uh, between the country as a whole. And then we can say is the gun community, right? So, uh, that, that guy that said that to us about our generation being the problem, um, he's also a gun guy, right? I'm a gun guy.
0: Alleged gun guy. Yeah.
1: Allegedly. Right. Yeah. So now there's division there, right? So he, he's a gun guy as well. We're, we're, technically on the same team right but even within the gun community there's division and there's disagreement right and now it's because of that disagreement that we've got butting heads between classes of gun folk now the same thing happens across the country right and i've touched on this in in some of my ig lives right and like you said about focusing on what do we have in common across this country there are so many people that only focus on what we don't appreciate about each other right but we're all Americans still, you know what I mean? Just like me and that FUD, we're both gun folk, but we disagreed. Now, I don't agree with that. I, I We can still have our differences, but like you said exactly, we both believe in firearms in this country in different facets, absolutely. But we both – now, between me and the, uh, the hippie in Portland, right, yeah. I'm sure we can find something in common, right? We're both still Americans, and as Abraham Lincoln said – it's it's the division within that makes the house fall, right? I paraphrase that, and I botched that. That's not verbatim. A, a house um,
0: divided cannot stand or something like that. Yeah. A
1: house divided unto itself cannot stand. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, you yeah. obviously <laughs> – uh, I graduated from Minot Public School, okay? Barely. I barely graduated from Minot Public School, and it shows. But um, <laughs> anyways, you know, it, it's – those analogies are trans, transferable. Now wow. – I I think that's a big problem in this country right now is that we're all focusing on what's different between each other. And because uh, a really common and familiar thing between you and I is firearms, I also agree more specifically that within the gun community, that's a big problem as well, is that this gentleman that, you know, is wearing a red flannel, not really, you know, Masio camel, or whatever, it doesn't matter what he's wearing. Um, This gentleman that only believes in out bolt actions cannot see the utility and importance of what we're trying to do is get people actually indoctrinated into the gun world safely, like, with the mentality that firearms, uh, especially concealed carrying, is a shield, not a sword, right? That, like, you you said that so well, and that we carry firearms to preserve life, not to take it. You know, Mm -hmm. my, my buddy, uh, the Thickest Oatmeal on Instagram, who I shoot <laughs> with most often, uh, he's a great guy. Dude's wild. If you don't have an oatmeal, you should go get an oatmeal because now this is my oatmeal. You got to go get your own. But uh, this dude is absolutely wild. I love him. Super eccentric. Great shooter. We both push each other. And that's another really important thing uh, for you to be able to find somebody that that you can shoot with that pushes you and holds you accountable. Um I have absolutely excelled this year in my experience, not only due to him, but largely in part due to my buddy, Zach, um, and just the opportunity for us to train with each other. My brother has got other responsibilities more. He's got a child now, wife, and he's working a ton. Uh, so he hasn't been able to shoot as much lately, but um, find you an oatmeal. Go get you an oatmeal. All right. If there's any takeaway from this conversation, go get you an I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um but it's 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 the division, right? And what my buddy what my buddy O'Mill he was on uh, you know, he's playing like Escape from Tarkov and he was playing with somebody from Canada or New Zealand or something like that, and they were like, You're American, aren't you? And he said, Yes. And this this woman from Canada or New Zealand, I cannot remember, said, I bet you're into guns, aren't you? And he said, Absolutely. And of course she detested that and he said i carry a firearm on me all day because i value life i care to protect the fragility exactly. of life right yeah it's it's, not, it's
0: it's the passion and the love for life not the
1: opposite yeah it's it's not malicious intent you know what i mean like this is this, this is to protect innocence, you know. And,
0: well, which is uh, why they use malicious like, intent in a court to prove, you know, things like uh, murder and right. assault exactly. and manslaughter, you know.
1: Yeah, th- this is not for malicious intent. And the woman that my buddy was playing video games with, she said she had never heard it ever presented that way. She had never heard firearms, like, described in that facet that they're actually – for the preservation of life, yeah. not for taking it now, don't get me wrong um firearms are really good at one thing, you know what I mean yeah and exactly taking it's life, it's yeah. it's how we steer that function right and 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 what we hope to apply that function for, and in some cases, you're gonna have to take life to save one or many, you know and the person doing. the the nefarious activity that deserves what this gun was built for um Mm -hmm. shame on him shame on him because i've never shot a single innocent person in my life you know i've never shot anybody actually let's be honest i've never shot anybody but i've never shot i've never (laughs) shot an innocent person you know and i've never even considered shooting a a kind and friendly and an innocent person but but to your point choices were
0: yeah, choices were made to get there, whether it was on right. one side or the other, you know, they made the choice to, I assume, take human life for whatever reason they have that they right. will personally justify. So then yeah. y- you or, or your friend or whomever is then forced to also to match that choice with a choice of their own. Either sure. I choose to be a victim, I choose yeah. to let this happen, or. I choose to take that, that lonely stand, you know, not to get all poetic on it, but, but to be that one that, yeah. you know, to be that protector, to carry that shield, not, you know, and again, not for malicious intent, but for the yeah. preservation of life and for, exactly. and, and not just your life, not just, uh, the life of, of your girlfriend who's with you or, or whatever, the preservation right. of, of all life, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, if anything that just goes to really really highlight how effective uh mainstream media is at painting the picture that they want you to see um, which again it's why it's so it's so important that people talk about issues they disagree on you know what yeah. I mean like and it, agree, even aside yeah. from firearms but you know what I mean like yeah. in pers- and that's like a success story you know what I mean like that's one of those rare instances Huge. where you are able to it, you probably didn't even convert her you know what i mean to being pro-gun but you're still it's talking enlightening. about
1: my buddy zach talking to that girl on video yeah. games yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's huge man that's 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 a that's monumental for her to just be like oh well i never heard it actually presented like that like just 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 that right just that mm-hmm. like if that's the end of the conversation right she's not going to be like oh wow i was talking to this dude from america on escape from tarkov and like <laughs> i'm a gun guy now you know what i mean yeah like, now my
0: life has changed my world is, is different i don't know it's like yeah. i'm seeing color for the first time <laughs> yeah.
1: i'm sure that's not how it went but you're totally right and warrior boat society actually uh one of john lovell's videos on youtube uh he presented it like this right where the last thing that we want is this to become a physical altercation right that you know that it's going to resort to violence none of us want that yeah none of us want that now what this is right now because of the media is this is a war of ideas right you you, you see how well the media and there there is no such thing as right and wrong that's purely subjective i think you know what i mean like what's y- you love cheese i'm lactose intolerant so if cheese mm. is good for you it's not good for me okay so right and wrong is really subjective um but the media whatever whatever they're saying, right um, they're really good at doing it right at presenting these ideas and having momentum and having a direction for it right and yeah. an end goal for it and we need to do the same thing where we can't we can't be the ones to like make the first move in a way like physically, you know what I mean we I don't want to do that, and we can't do that.
0: Well, you because yeah,
1: you can poke this guy all day long. I can poke you in the face all day long when we're on a on a plane. I poke you in the face all day. I poke you in the face. And the second you punch me, you're wrong. You right. know what I mean? But yeah. I mean, I've been poking you for four hours, man. You know, I've been stealing that armrest. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, I've been been farting all over next to you. And the second you punch me for poking you, you're wrong.
0: Exactly
1: we can't do that it's a war of ideas so we just need to have better ideas and where it comes down to is it comes down to local involvement right it comes down to
0: hundred percent
1: this gun show right where yeah. we're trying to show people firearms in a positive light and like that they can be fun but you need to be safe with them and like we're not out here just like trying to look cool for Instagram and we're not out here like training militias. Like that's not what this is. This is about being a responsible American. And one of our duties as an American is, I I believe, to like be competent with a firearm and be safe with a firearm. You know, I mean, it, it's yeah. it's written in every document that this country stands for and was built from, you know, that's part of it, right? There's other things like, you know, help your neighbor. You know, those things are important. You know, I mean, like, yeah. No, I mean, there's, I there's think, a lot of other things, but this is this is what we're kind of I on the think, topic about it. No, I
0: yeah, that because you I think you are it. You know, and it's, um, you know, it's. It seems radical, you know, from other people's perspectives. For and it's because, you know, uh, to the you know we're talking about the the previous generation and stuff, and it they did so little really to help push back against uh, some of those gun yeah. controls. I mean, and really started with Reagan when the Reagan administration was in office, and um, yeah. you know, and and it just kind of it cascaded through. Basically, the latter half of the 80s and the early part of the 90s that allowed for the Clinton gun ban. And then because it was banned, it was at the back of a lot of people's minds. And, you know, technology and communication has only gotten better. So now it's like a reawakening. But it seems radical because it's such a it's a small movement relatively speaking compared to other things in the country and it is that way because we it's like we joined the fight like we didn't start punching back right until like the fifth round you know what i mean we spent the last 40 years getting our asses handed to us and now it's okay (laughs) now we're we're pulling the rocky and we're gonna you know it's like come behind come from behind victory so it's um you know i think that it's just it's gonna take some time and it seems radical because it's it's not grassroots anymore, but it's, you know, we're the, the movement, the idea is, is, uh, is growing and it's starting to take hold. And it's just, it's a, unfortunately it's a slow, sometimes painful process. And to your point, you know, you can't just come out slugging in, in this, unfortunately, like you could in a real fight, because like you said, as soon as you throw that punch, you're wrong. And, yeah. you know, that's, it. it is what it is. It's, it's annoying. It's frustrating. Uh, I think but that's the, that's the, that's the game and you got to play the game to win the game. Right. So I agree. yeah,
1: yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta pay to play and you gotta play to win. Um, and precisely. while you're playing, you need to have the mentality that you, you, like you need to want to win, right? Like you have to play the game to you have to play the game to even be able to win. And not only that you have to want to win. Right. And, I think, I think historically, like what we're doing here now, regardless if you and I are the only people that ever, regardless if you and I are the only people that ever listen to this podcast or I hope not, (laughs) I hope not as well. I I hope a lot of people can hear this, this message, but regardless of that, what we're doing here and many other people are doing right now, I think as we look back in history right now in this time and era this this will go to show is like like where things are starting to gain momentum i mean that maybe by necessity because like we're just sick of this you know mm-hmm. and there's a lot of pushback from the other side and it's like i'm done compromising i really am you know i i i think a lot of people are done compromising and we've compromised so long that um honestly now it's like we're just trying That's to all get some
0: people know in this struggle, unfortunately, it,
1: it's un, it is unfortunate. Um, so I think I think this is going to come come down to it. You know, maybe like the last couple of years is where there's been like a resurrection, if you will, of like.
0: Yeah, it's a good word for of, it.
1: Of advocacy for the Second Amendment and and all that it entails, like like the mentality and the responsibility associated with it there are far too many people that i know that own guns that aren't responsible with their firearms you know what i mean that still flag people you know at whatever and it's like if even we can't do it right then how can we expect other people to understand what's appropriate like people that don't do this at all how how can we rightfully expect somebody that's never touched a gun to not look at guns inappropriately if people that are into guns do it incorrectly or unjustly
0: you have to be you know, the I'm, example
1: absolutely you know, man um, be
0: that beacon for people to to come to to that guiding light so to speak right you know like hey right we're here to help and yeah. do it the right way responsibly of course
1: you know i've actually i one of my best buddies right so in a in a previous instagram live that i did where i talked about that analogy of being able to find uh things that we can agree on a common ground right i got a buddy Um, He's been my buddy for 14 years. Okay, Um, I've been into guns for like eight years. So I've been super into guns for probably six years around him. We've we've maintained friendship through this transition. Um, He doesn't care about guns at all as much, and I've never been like I've never ragged on him, been like, hey man, you got to get out with us, you got to get out here, and you got to come shoot, and like, how come you don't? Like I've never pushed him like that. He knows that I'm into it and that I'm open to him coming into the gun world and that I will absolutely embrace him in the gun world with whatever information or curiosities he may have but he hasn't willingly adopted gun stuff and I'm not going to push it on him okay um no. we're still we're still like best friends because of it right um you know, he likes basketball and I got another buddy that's not really into guns. He owns a Glock 19. That's it. But, you know, he likes, uh, finances and like real estate. And I don't care about that at all, but (laughs) we both love hiking, you know what I mean? And we can both like enjoy philosophical discussion. Um, so like finding that common ground is really important. And I, I think that with that being said, what my buddy told me was that he he thinks you know that that we're doing a good job at representing gun culture you know that my buddy's known me for a long time and he, he understands my intentions right he understands like where we're going with things and like i can still be goofy and i can still be like eccentric you know and like talk with an accent you know and do goofy things like roll my pants up and you know like make fun of myself but <laughs> still like with firearms, like there's a time and a place, you know what I mean, and like yeah. those things are okay. Like it doesn't have to be, just like super strict all the time. Yeah, it's not super straight-laced all the time. Yeah, it's okay. And his words, which were like super encouraging, was that that what we're doing. My my brother and him we're all friends, um, and me. What what he said to us was that we're a good representation of firearms. You know that we're doing a just service to representing gun community. And it totally abolishes all the things that he ever had as preconceived notions of the gun world, like as compared to everything he ever hears from the media, you know, or like, like his friends that are that he's only friends with because of basketball, you know, because they like to watch the NBA. So he's got friends that he's only friends with because they watch NBA together and they can talk about this dude's stats and, you know, like what college he went to and all that, you know, like they're friends only because of that and what those people say about guns does not is 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 of no reflection compared to how we are representing guns and i think if if more people could just do that with one person right to just show them that gun stuff is is okay this is kosher like we're not out here just like you know wrangling up like marketplaces you know like that's that's not our intention and it's going to be really important especially with like you want to talk about governmental oversight and overreach, um, like, uh, to hold our government accountable, man, like that's kind of what these things are here for in the modern day. Uh, my, my Glock 19 that I'm carrying right here, right now really has no, uh, has, has no effect on an overreaching government. But, um, when there's a lot of us with planning and, uh, skills, Mm -hmm. gear, Right. Then it makes a difference. Right. Yeah. But whatever. Um, how much, how much time do we have left?
0: Uh, we're right up, we're right up to it basically. But
1: okay. If, if you got another minute, I'd, I'd like to tell you about the ND that we had yeah. at yeah, our workload society. Okay. Real quick with that. So we only had one ND at our class, which is actually really impressive, especially for, uh, you know, the course of 20 hours of being I on say
0: the, the range. I the of time spent. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. 10 guys, 20 hours on the range. And we only had one ND and, it was actually the last man on the last drill, the last day, last shot, um, and it happened to be me that did it. So, which if any if anybody's gonna do it, uh, all right, sounds good. I'll I'll be the one with the dunce hat. So we ran this drill called the Dirty Diamond, and um, Paul Parkinson came up with it, and it's essentially the culmination after is Carbine 3 class. It's like the last thing they do in their Carbine 3 class is run this Dirty Diamond. And it includes junkyard-prone, fetal-prone, um, shoulder transitions, movement as well. And we did it like a relay race. So we had two teams of five, and it was us versus them. And it was a relay. And you had to run through the whole Dirty Diamond and back before the next guy could go. And uh, we had the guy that had the uh, difficulty with the manual of arms with his firearms. Okay, that yep, guy. Yep. Yeah, with the SCAR and the, and the FS2000. Um, he was on our team, and like I mentioned earlier, he couldn't fire from his support side. So they had like three guys finish in the amount of time it took this guy to just like try to shoot with the support side. Damn, um, and we had him go first, you know what I mean, so that the yeah, rest yeah, of us could of like make up for him, right? Yeah, three of their guys finished by the time that guy was halfway through the drill. And anyways, so the rest of us four are like really trying to make up time. So here I am, last man. I'm the anchor. I'm going. I do the dirty Dirty diamond. I get back for the last shot, which is from a junkyard prone position. And I shoot my last shot at the steel far away. Cool. That's like the last shot I need. I just need to like put my gun on safe, turn around and like clear it through the cones. As I'm going to put my gun on safe, I had an ambidextrous safety. So as my gun is laying sideways on the table, because that's how you shoot junkyard prone, you turn your gun gun sideways. To activate my safety, I pulled my trigger finger back to move the safety selector into safe on the top side of the gun right and Mm. at that point as i'm getting up to switch it back to safe my finger went down into the trigger and i shot around right through the table like it was at like i don't know not quite 45 down it was a little bit more exaggerated out than that something like um maybe like an 80 degree angle or whatever through the table and into the dirt right in front of me and only two guys even realized what happened i knew what happened i knew exactly (laughs) what i did i pulled my magazine out and i cleared my chamber and i just kind of cussed a little bit and i was frustrated with myself for one that i just did something exceptionally foolish you know and and uh really contrary to everything that you and i have talked about so far you know about being safe and about being a responsible firearms handler
0: i think it just goes to show you that you know, anybody, it happens to, to all of us, right? And that's it mm-hmm. just highlights the importance of training that somebody with with your your level of skill and experience, it happened to you. You know yep. what I mean? Like, it can happen to anyone. I mean, yep. the guy that had it in my class, it was on a, he bumped over um, to his left shoulder while shooting some targets right. on the move. And when he bumped over to the left shoulder, he, A, did not flip the, the, the safety selector back to safe. Right which you know and we're at the point of the class everyone's trying to go fast to impress each other whatever but um exactly. he didn't flip that switch and then when he transitioned over he you know he bumped over so he left his right hand on the grip and just yep. bumped over his left shoulder sure um yep. but squeezed it off i mean it was downrange it was actually sure. i think it hit a target at the bottom of the paper but uh i mean it happens you know and that was somebody who was one of these gentlemen that was older he had deployed to kosovo he had seen combat you know he yeah. just hadn't kept up with it. So I mean. It, I mean, it happens. It's just, again, it's why we train. It's why we have to hold yeah. ourselves to a higher standard of, uh, you know, personal accountability, right?
1: Absolutely, you're totally right. I'm, I'm actually, I don't know if I want to say I'm glad it happened to me. Of all the ten guys that it could have happened to, um, I, I'm kind of glad that it happened to me that way. I don't know. Like, I wish it just didn't happen at all. Obviously, because sure. it'd be super cool if I i only ever had one nd before this and it actually still hit the target i just i meant to turn my flashlight on not pull the trigger uh, (laughs) on on my handgun it still hit the target though we're doing some night training and i meant to use my flashlight and you know negligently discharge the firearm instead of turn the flashlight on um so those are those are the two nds that i have in my life um and uh, you know like you said it's it's a lot of fuel for personal accountability you know making sure that i'm so much more conscious and aware and cognizant of what yeah. i'm doing and you know maybe if it would have happened to somebody else then they could take that away from them as well they could be like wow i really need to like eh, you know tighten theirs. up." And theirs. like yeah <laughs> yeah they probably will and you know so it's valuable it's valuable learning um it's still kind of embarrassing and um I, i'm not gonna like write it on my resume or anything but you know, like only two NDs ever. You know, satirically there was a post on Facebook that was like it was like an angry satirical post. And it was like, if you're not getting at least one or two NDs a year, you're not training enough. You know what I mean?
0: Statistic statistically group. that's probably right. That's, right. that's probably right.
1: But, but it's, it was a satirical post, you know, yeah. it's like you guys should be shooting your 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 basement floor three or four times a year <laughs> if you're actually doing it enough. You know, if you're actually out there trying like you should be. You should be having way more ND. It was satirical, but and I don't entirely agree that like if you could go your whole life without an ND, I think that'd be great. You know, that's an accomplishment. Sure. But it's uh, it's probably not statistically it's bound to happen. So yeah, um, yeah, man, I, I we're gonna close this up here.
0: Yeah, this is, no, I mean we always have uh, such wild conversations and, and we hit on all kinds of stuff. Like yeah, stuff that I always it off when I when I get ready for our our, uh, our chats and I'm like, all right, we're gonna talk about this. And then this and this and this and this. <laughs> and we hit like the first two things, then it just goes off yeah. and like, it's awesome. But listen, no, man, really I'm, I'm I'm super, super glad we got the opportunity to catch up. I know we're both pretty, pretty fucking busy and, um, just in time for the holidays when shit only gets weirder. So, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, my hope is yeah. we can get together and chat, uh, you know, maybe a little bit closer to the end of the year or, or certainly the beginning of next year and, and catch up. And, uh, yeah. I'm super pumped for all the stuff you guys are working on and, Um, just real quick before we kind of close it out, uh, just real quick, where can everybody, uh, find you guys on social media?
1: Sure. Uh, social medias and our website, our website is www.theconcealedjourney.com. It's all lowercase altogether. No punctuation, no hyphens, periods, nothing. Theconcealedjourney.com. That's our website. Uh, theconcealedjourney is our handle for Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, all like that. No punctuation proper grammar everything like that so you can find us over there class schedule is going to be on our website um and instagram is instagram so there's not a ton of it that actually pertains to like come take our carbine one class you know it's
0: yeah yeah
1: uh, that's best that's best on our website um facebook is really best locally like i mentioned before uh, instagram is is really national so it, it doesn't do a ton for um actual local awareness what we have to offer but whatever we're on all of those and um honestly austin like i I appreciate you having me on um because this is genuine conversation hell yeah Um, man it's it's not it's it's not like superficial or uh artificial in in any form like this this genuinely feels like an authentic conversation and you feel like 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 you're a genuine guy so i think that makes it authentic in itself you know that this yeah
0: i think it, the, it helps we, we talk a lot about a lot of different yeah.
1: shit and it's awesome yeah absolutely you know? no it really is it and you can tell that like when you started getting into conversation like this has been an effortless conversation there hasn't been any point in time when we're both kind of like uh uh so like yeah Did you see that new episode on netflix no. like we no there's none of that and you know we just i i think i think it's this makes really good conversation having people that are really passionate about something, and um, the fact that we're willing to and want to express and articulate our point of view on on a very important subject in general, gun stuff, whatever. And obviously, we got into the weeds on a couple of things, but that's the fun about it. And this is a great outlet. Like, I, I don't think I think you having this podcast serves a far larger audience, and it does the service. Oh, it does. Your movement and and what we're trying to do as a two a community, it does a way better service at that than like my post on Instagram does. You know, we mentioned that in the DMs, you know, like it's, you. you know, clicks and, you know, it's cool, it's flashy. People don't typically read the passage. So like like I said, I could take a picture of the carpet and have a really lengthy passage. People are going to see the carbonary mix next, you know, and they're not even going to read it, you know. Whereas this this long form, you know, podcasts are the next evolution exponentially to the Gutenberg revolution. Uh, as Dr. Peterson said, like, you know, a lot of people could read back then, but more people can listen. So what you're doing here with the podcast is a far better service um, because it's long form discussion. You know what I mean? We're not limited to, you know, a minute for a reel on instagram you know or right. not that you and i are going to sit here yeah, and talk for four hours yeah like you know but four hours is the limit on ig live we could talk for four hours if we wanted to i i don't i don't know many people that are going to sit through a four-hour conversation especially of us but i mean but we could you know what i mean that, soup, that's yeah. why i think i think that's why the podcast is uh it's just such a better platform so i appreciate having this opportunity with you to be able to do this and get some exposure for the concealed journey which is super cool
0: as well yeah, but absolutely man you guys genuine you conversation like good is stuff and so I, much it's harder to, find. to share it yeah absolutely yeah. man no really uh, we'll be in touch and uh like i said i mean if i don't talk to you know have you know happy holidays and all and all that stuff but uh, i'm sure we'll be talking before then and uh i'm gonna look for we an opportunity be. not too far in the future here and we'll get you back on and we'll we'll get back into it and cut it up you know
1: hell yeah, man. You know, uh, I don't know who said it, but real recognizes real. So like, that's, that's what makes this so enjoyable, you know? Appreciate it, brother. It really does. I appreciate you, man. I hope you have a fantastic day.
0: All right. You too, brother. We'll talk soon.
1: Take care, man.
0: There you go, guys. That's my conversation with Damien from the Concealed Journey. It's always a really, really good time when him and I get together, uh, discuss, you know, thoughts, feelings, theories, ethos. I mean, whatever the case may be, uh, we have great conversation. I love having him on the podcast, and we're we're certainly going to be uh, connecting with him again uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, but that wraps it. For us here at the prepared mindset this week i hope you guys enjoyed everything that damien and i had to talk about <clears throat> uh i guess like I, I i certainly enjoyed it I, I love it when i have the opportunity to get together uh and and cut it up with him and and just uh you know talk a little shop and and share some knowledge and just have some good old-fashioned discussion so uh, i hope you guys learned something from it i definitely learned from it uh, as i usually do when i talk to damien uh, and we'll have more of this, like I said, in the future, more great content coming down the line. Until next week's episode, folks, remember, get out there, work hard, train smart, and as always, be prepared.